This isn't Grandma's radio show. We talk about slobber knocking fights, ground and pound, rear naked chokes. Plug your ears if you aren't interested. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. Because coming up next, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this can happen to me, plucked from obscurity or whatever I was working to be. But the opportunity presented itself, so I seized the door was open. It's the breath of fresh air that I needed. Just an average dude, and now I've become a catalyst. Make connection between fighters and fans. Can you imagine it? I've learned to manage it. Analyst analysis, studied the sport in every point because I'm passionate. I play the advocate and sometimes the antagonist. Building up the hype before a fight, this ain't by accident. In the world of mixed martial arts, I'm the evangelist spreading the news of MMA, the number one candidate. Calibrate levels of greatness as we collaborate. Mikey Ruckus, Jeremy Brand, as we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans and it's magnanimous. Jury's out decision and the yes, it's unanimous. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Welcome back to another edition of Sucker Radio. Here on MMASucker.com, I am your host as always, Jeremy Brand. I am the man with the plan. This week's show is going to be a little different. Um, Earlier this week, we had the UFC Fight Night 55 conference call for the media members with Luke Rockhold and Michael Bisping, the two headliners of that event. Um, and I, I cut it down. It was a 45-minute conference call. I cut it down to 15 minutes, and I, I put together the highlights, in my opinion, from that call, and I will be airing that later on in the show. Um, Justin Pirot will be giving us his unpopular opinions in a little bit, and uh, a few things to kick off the show. We got an email to media members earlier this week as well, and it simply was a photo that said UFC... Save the date. Um, There's a date on it. It's going to be announced. It's sometime in November. I believe November the 17th, to be precise. Um, No one knows what this is all about. It could be anything. There have been guesses from the return of GSP to the return of Brock Lesnar. It could be anything from, you know, fighters in their uniforms to... Who knows? It, it, it could be that we get pay-per-views on UFC Fight Pass. I would be down with that. Even if they raise the price to $20 a month, you get pay-per-views on Fight Pass just the same way you do on the WWE Network. You get all your pay-per-views for free with the WWE Network all 12 months of the year. Each and every pay-per-view is free. That would be cool with me. I would not mind that. Uh, we also found out this week that Chris Weidman Vitor Belfort, as well as Ronda Rousey, Kat Zingano, will go down on February 28th from the Staples Center at UFC 184. Two big titles on the line um, at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. So that's pretty cool. I put it out there to the Facebook fans and on Twitter um, that I was recording Sucker Radio here this evening and asked them for questions. And one that stood out was from Saba Fadai, who is a local fighter up here in Vancouver. 
You might know the name. He fought at World Series of Fighting 7 up here in Vancouver, British Columbia. He fought uh, Nick Newell. Fell short in that fight, but he commented back to me saying, yes, he does have something to chat about on this week's episode. I'll read it to you exactly as it is, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. The issue of fighters pulling out because they see threat in an opponent. Padding their records with bums. He's, he said, I'm here begging for top five guys in Canada, and I have no buyers. How do you call yourself a fighter when you choose fights? If you think you are the best fighter and deserve to be in the big shows, then I say you should be ready for any opponent. A message. Shut the fuck up and sign the contract and show up to fight. Simple. Is that too much to ask of fighters? He went on to mention that he wants to fight Chris the Toffee Hammer Hordeski or Jesse Nasty Gross, or a UFC reject. He said, maybe me being an asshole will motivate these guys to come take my head off, tired of being a nice guy, and sitting back waiting for promoters to offer him fights. He takes what he wants. So guess what? We're going to surprise him right now. I have his phone number. We're going to give him a shout and let him rant about what he wants to. So uh, dialing up right now, hopefully he answers... Uh, that's the joy of Skype and the joy of recording a radio show. We'll see. There we go. It's ringing. Hopefully the guy answers. Hello. Saba, Jeremy here. Sucker Radio, man. What's going on, man? Sorry, I was I missed your call. I had a couple customers here at the store buying fireworks, man. <laughs> I got a day job. You know what I mean? I got a day job. There you go. Now I just read your post here that you read or that you posted over at the MMA Sucka Facebook page. I figured I'd give you a shout here and let you rant yourself. I know you had you were supposed to have a fight at XFFC um, last weekend. Just sort of speak about yeah. that, and, and, and I know you spoke in the cage about that, but they're an online pay-per-view. I'm not sure how many people actually saw that, other than the people maybe in the crowd. So just let our listeners know what you had to say. What I have to say, it doesn't just necessarily go uh, towards Michael Kakula, you know what I mean? It, it's I, I've had, over, over my career, I've had, I don't know, over 25, 30 fights cancel on me. You know, I, I don't understand these guys. They, they offered me a fight, I take it. I told my MCL for this fight, actually, and then I got my doctors to fix it, and I was still going to fight. You know, if you tell me I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight. I'm not a faker. I didn't come into this sport to, uh, for the fame and the girls, you know what I mean? I have a lady in my life, and I, I don't need 10, 20 minutes of fame, you know? I, I'm going to go down into history books, you know what I mean? I, I'm, not, I'm not here for 10 or 15 minutes of fame. So... With these guys telling, telling the promoters, oh, yeah, you know, I want to fight, they're just trying to pad up their record. As soon as they see a little threat in front of them, they run to their mommy and daddy and they stop fighting. That's the problem that I have. Yeah. And it's really annoying. Until you become an asshole and, and actually call people out, you're not going to get a fight. You're going to sit on the sidelines and, and wait for promoters to give you a fighter. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate locally here because in British Columbia, I know so many different people that have a tough time finding fights. That's because we're badass motherfuckers. <laughs> we are. We are. I'm telling you. 
like, so I saw it as a great team. Don't get me wrong. I've been there. I have buddies that train there. I'm not downgrading TriStar whatsoever. Okay? There are a lot of fighters that come out of there that, that like to pad up their records. And, and rightfully so, and they're getting into the UFC. You know? But if I was to go there, if I was to go there, um, I'd just be another guy in the gym. I wouldn't get any attention from the coaches and that stuff. I got enough guys out here in BC that that's going to get me to the next level. You know, I don't need to go that way. I don't need to go train with those guys. So instead, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to call those guys out. Chris Hodeski, if you watch this, if you hear this, I'm calling you out. I sent you a message on Twitter today asking you to fight me and I still haven't got a response from you. So I don't know how you call yourself second rank, first rank in Canada, but I'm knocking on your door, son. How, what, what makes you want to stay in Canada? Why not branch out, obviously, to the United States? Oh, I, you know, um, I would. I would. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. Like, U.S. guys coming into Canada, I've already had so much problems with uh, their medical insurance not clearing and that kind of stuff, right? And it, it's kind of risky business if you ask me but if you give them enough time yeah i would fight anybody you put jose aldo in front of me tomorrow and i'll fight him stay ready that's what i'm trying to say you know if i think that i'm the best fighter out there if i really think that i'm going to make it to the ufc and make a statement in the ufc in the big show then i should be able to fight anybody we saw you you step up against Nick Newell at WSOF seven. That was a big step up in competition, and and you proved and you proved that you deserve to be there. Though you actually got in the cage, you showed your worth. You you led with the pre fight hype, and that's what you're trying to do here, obviously. So why not put the rest of the featherweight division on blast right now? I'll let you finish off with this. Just shout out whoever you want. You said Chris Hordeski. Shout out anyone else as well. I call him. I call him Chris uh, Tophy Hammer. A Tophy Hammer is a little hammer. It's a little tiny hammer. So, Hodeski, I'm calling you out. Jesse Gross, I'm calling you out. I don't care, man. Like, give me a UFC reject. Give me, I, I, I don't care. You, you give me a fighter at 145. I'll take it. You know what I mean? Um, I just want a top-level guy just so I can beat his ass, so I can get into the big shows. Then I don't have to worry about not finding a fight. You know what I mean? Like, I'm stuck in a position where I'm always stuck. Um, I'm always left out and not, not having a fight or, or, or an opponent to fight me. And I'm, I'm tired of it. I just want to make it to the big show. Um, I, I've begged 1FC. I've begged them to, to sign me. I said, I'll fight for free. I said, just fly me out there. I will fight for free. But they don't want anybody from out here because they know their competition out there is garbage. They know. There you have it. Thanks a bunch, Sabah. I, I mean, I called you out of the blue. I'm glad you picked up. I'm glad you got the word out there. If you have anything else to say, say it now, and then we'll let you go. Um, I'm, I'm good, man. I just want to get the word out there. Um, I'm ready to fight all the promoters out there. If you want me to fight, I will come out. I will hype the fight up. I will promote the shit out of the, uh, you know, the, the event. And the whole 
thing with Nick Mueller, that wasn't even an eighth of, of my uh, abilities. I got caught. I made a silly, stupid mistake. There was crazy amount of emotion, drama going on behind the back scenes that I don't even want to get into. It's not an excuse. I got caught. That's a done deal. But don't, don't, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, rate me on that performance. You know, that, that was a crappy performance. That's all I'm going to say. Thanks, guys. Take it easy, buddy. Thanks, and hopefully we see you in a cage soon. I hope so, man. There you have it. Saba Fadai speaking his words. He wants Chris Horodesky. He wants Jesse Gross. He wants basically anyone that will fight him. The guy cannot find a fight. So I'm glad he answered his phone. Thank you to him very, very, very much. And uh, that's that. With that, we'll get right into Justin Pirro's unpopular opinions. You got an opinion? It doesn't matter, because Justin Pirro doesn't give a shit about yours. Up next is Unpopular Opinions on Suck of Radio. Hello again, everybody. It's me, Justin Pirro, back for more unpopular opinions here on Sucker Radio at MMASucker.com. So, how about that Bisping Rockhold conference call? Yeah, I know some people are questioning whether or not the feud is legit, but to be fair, I don't think, and my little daughter Angela, who you can hear in the background, agrees, I don't think that Bisping actually likes anybody in his division. He thinks he's the best, and he's got the arrogance to uh, go around and uh, be a dick. So, I gotta say, I think that's le- I think that feud is legit. Next, I got a few things to talk about in regards to Mendez Aldo too. First off, the punches after the horn. Watching that fight, I'm pretty sure that. Uh, Mendez was able to hear that horn. That's why he dropped his guard and Aldo was able to get those two shots in. See, my daughter, she agrees. And uh, Aldo had to hear it. I'm sure that uh, Mark Goddard heard it and he's just covering his ass saying he didn't. John Morgan said he could hear it even if he was struggling at times. John Morgan from MMA Junkie who was there. And so, I, I honestly believe that Aldo did throw at, the, at least the second punch after the, after the horn intentionally. And Goddard dropped the ball by not disqualifying him there. But then again, that, he dropped the ball that whole fight. It was like watching playoff hockey. Like, the ref was only there to register if there was a goal or not. It was worse than watching Boston versus Vancouver in the 2011 Stanley Cup Finals. That's how bad the refing was. Now, to another complaint, the claims that they weren't able to hear the horn or the 10-second clacker. Well, I think it's time for the athletic commissions to start outfitting their referees with wireless earpieces so that they can hear the horns and they can hear those buzzers, and in the event that there is, say, a five-minute layoff for a fighter who has been uh, kicked right square in the balls, that they know that that five minutes is up. So, I think this is a good learning opportunity for athletic commissions. 
you know, wire your refs up. And that way you can do crazy things like they do in football, where if there is a penalty, the referee can announce it for the whole crowd to hear. I know, crazy thought. And finally, I think it's time that Jose Aldo fights outside of Brazil. It seems a little convenient that he gets booked to fight somewhere in America and he gets hurt. See, Angela, she agrees. She thinks Aldo needs to be forced to fight in America or Canada. Yeah, I mean, it's been a bad run of luck for Nova Uniao, but uh, they can't have they can't get everything their way. But um, finally, I want to speak to a ginormous missed opportunity. Why was Conor McGregor, at the very least, not trotted out at the press conference? I understand him not being brought out at the press, sorry, at, after the fight to challenge Aldo. But, you know, they should have brought him out at the press conference. That would have sold some fights. They shouldn't have brought him out to the cage after the fight, simply because there would have been a riot, and some crazy dude from Nova Unia would have gone in all invader and stabbed Conor McGregor like he was Bruiser Brody in Puerto Rico. Look that up, kids. And, uh, yeah, just huge ball dropped. All right. You got any complaints and grievances? Or you want to tell me you actually enjoy what I have to say? Hit me up on Twitter at Stormland Brand or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Stormland. All right. Back to you, Jeremy. Thank you, Justin. As always, it's a pleasure to hear your unpopular opinions. With that, we will end the show with some of the highlights from this past week's UFC Fight Night 55 conference call. Uh, and I'll come back for the outro right after that. It's definitely a, a bonus to shut his mouth and set the record straight on that note. Um, he's just a guy I really haven't re- respected a lot of the way he carries himself around the sport. And, uh, it's on my, you know, I've been around for a while and I, I just, I hear a lot of things and I see a lot of things and, you know, I, I really, I really don't uh, care for the guy. I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, shutting him up to myself and a lot of people. He just seems to not be a, you know, a, a nice, genuine guy to, to most people. I mean, he only like carries himself to, uh, you know, is nice to people. Seems like to further himself and people who are going to help him. You know, I, I mean, I haven't really ever heard a lot of bad things about him. Just not being nice to the average Joe, really. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, you got to treat people the way you want to be treated, and uh, you know, and uh, he just, uh, he's a, it seems like he's a prick everywhere in life. So I don't know what he's not happy about, um, but. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, making Well, allow me to shed some light on that situation because, Luke, I'm not sure if he's aware of this. This is a fucking conference call, so you're supposed to talk and try and be a little bit eloquent and get your side of the story over. Luke, I don't know you. I don't care for you. We haven't shared a single proper conversation, so you're basing your facts or what you presume is facts on absolute nothing, on fresh air. We have had one conversation of the sparring match in question that everybody talks about. Um, you don't know me. You don't know me as a person, so kiss my fucking ass, you lanky piece of shit. I'll see you in Australia, you asshole, and we'll put it all to bed then. 
No, no, I'm not upset for him. I'm not upset about any of his remarks. Anything that Luke Rockall said doesn't really register with me, to be honest. You know, the, the guy is he's trying to jump on a bandwagon. And, oh, I'm doing this for the sake of everybody. He's such an asshole. No one likes him. Uh, nobody has any right to base that opinion on anything because when I'm outside of the octagon, I'm at home with my wife and kids, so um, I don't know where he's basing this whole bad guy image on. Um, regarding emotions, not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm going down here to take care of business. Luke Rockhold is not somebody that I obsess about. He's not somebody that I care about. He's not somebody that I wake up in the morning and think about. Um, I'm here to do my job, to put on an entertaining fight for the fans, and I've done that throughout my entire career, and this will be another occasion where I will do that. I'm going down to Sydney to take care of business. Yes, of course, I get to shut this guy up in the process, so that is obviously a bonus. But, um, you know, as I say, I'm all business. I'm going to go down there, put on a great fight, give everybody what they want to see, and, um, you know, I'll get to show him up in the process, so it's a plus. Well, uh, the morning after the fight, everyone's packing up, getting ready to go. Um, I had my, my bags, and there's a little coffee shop on the way out from elevators. Um, I I walked down to get some coffee, and uh, it's kind of isolated little zone. And uh, I, I'm starting to get a, a cup of coffee, and I look over, and, uh, and of course, Michael's sitting right there with his dad and uh, his little friend. So I'm I'm trying to order this coffee, and this little guy is just staring at me and just blabbing, like running his mouth, like just... You know, just trying to egg me on, and I'm like sitting there. I'm like trying to ignore the little guy, and it's it's completely unavoidable. I have to get my coffee and walk right by him. As this little guy is just staring at me and like talk, trying to talk to me, and like I had no choice but to to butt in. So I basically just like I said, I don't lie. I don't embellish how I do things. I turn, and I, I put my hand in straight. I I stood right in the middle of their conversation. I put my hand in. I was like, gentlemen, bet. You know, I was like, I said, if I don't finish in the first round, you would have my purse. And he's like, and then he immediately went on the backtrack saying, well, 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 look here. I made this much. And now they're trying to throw us. I was like, I don't care. You want $100,000 on top of your paycheck. All you got to do is get out of the first round. From then on, he blew out, blew it all out of proportion, jumped up in my face and tried to say, oh, I'm disrespectful, tried to turn it into a very disrespectful thing. And then I, you know, of course, stood my ground and, Snap back at him, but you know, it was very, you know, I'd put my hand out, gentleman's bet. That's how I offered it. I didn't get crazy. The little guy was, was on my case, and I could, it was an unavoidable situation. Okay, and allow me to just to uh, clarify through the bullshit there. So he does admit that he walked off and challenged me to a bet when I was with my father. The guy that he said, worse to anyone. He's one of the quietest human beings you will ever see. So he was that you could ever meet. And he's saying that this guy was staring at him, talking shit. Luke, you're absolutely, you're a liar. You're an absolute liar. Nobody was looking at you. You, you came off, you interrupted, you showed a lack of class, and I'll punish you for it next week. No, you won't. And the fact of the matter is, I'm sitting there, if, you can, if they can release my commentary on a fight, I'm sitting there commentating on, the, on his fight with Kung Lee on a fight pass commentary that I haven't released yet. But the little guy is constantly running over to me and slapping him on my back. You're next. You're next. And his dad even gets on the catwalk and points at me and says, you're next. And they're just like, he's going to beat your ass. And like, I'm not, I'm not joking. When I say this, this, this one was for at least a couple of days prior to the event. Just the whole, whole circumstance fighting Vitor too, of course, just, you know, his history with everything and, and who he was, you know, as one of the best fighters. So, there's a lot on the line there, and uh, you know it's uh, 
it just helped me release. You know, I was I wasn't. The funny thing is, I wasn't really sure of how good I was as a striker. You know, I knew I was good, but how good was how good, how was I going to compare with one of the best strikers of all time in there? And, and you didn't uh, compare very well because you got knocked out in the first round. Yeah, you got knocked out too. So I mean. Not really. Right, it wasn't the first round, though, was it? You shot, you shot straight away and then got knocked out. Great fight. Good job. And, oh, you're blaming it on the pressure. All right. You got your ass kicked the whole time. All right, I buddy. back a little bit. Ooh, um, my little friend was picking on you. God bless. Hey, this is this is Michael Bisping at his finest. He's, uh, you know what? He, build a fight, build up this fight, build up. Your true colors show after the fight. And we all know you like to spit on people after the fight, so I mean... That's, oh, great, that's yeah. Cool. Uh, that's, go that's, on. That's, that's, who you you are. that's who you are. Drag up from history. Go on. Nah, that, is, that is what you are. The true colors show after the fight, and that's you. All right. Go. All right, okay. <clears throat> I mean, can't, no one can compare to what Jones and DC did, but <laughs> I think we're doing all right. What? You know, for me, it's not a you know, it's not a case of trying to outdo other fighters and this and that. You know, obviously, this is a, an intriguing middleweight matchup, and it kind of sells itself. You know, I mean, as Luke has told everybody, you know, he doesn't like me, and so of course, you know, he's, he's not at the top of my Christmas card list. So there's certainly no love lost between us. Uh, we're both two highly skilled individuals that bring it. You know, um, you know, Luke for all the disdain that he feels towards me. You know, he, he is a good fighter and he does fight well, and, and so do I. So. Uh, that, that has all the ingredients for, um, you know, a highly watchable fight. So that kind of sells itself. And, of course, with all the bad blood going into it, um, you know, I, I've just been myself as usual. And, um, you know, I mean, as he said, you know, you can't really compare anything this year to John Jones and Daniel Cormier. I mean, the, the, that's the best pre hype ever. But, um, you know, um, we've still got a week left. You never know. We'll see what happens at the press conference next week. You know, you, you can't go around your life, sorry, live your life, regretting everything, every comment that you make. I made a lighthearted remark, and it was a joke. And if uh, he had a sense of humor, he maybe would have got that joke. Because I thought it was a pretty good line, the unofficial Strike Force champion. Um, listen, a, a sparring match has no bearing on what's going to happen in a fight. Uh, of course, we've all heard Luke's multitude of reasons why he didn't perform that day, and he's probably right. Listen, sparring has no reflection on a fight. It was just a lighthearted remark. Was it a little bit disrespectful, I suppose? it was, you know, and that's why I instantly apologized. Um, you know, I've been known throughout my entire um, tenure as a fighter to say things sometimes, and um, you know, it certainly wasn't designed to be respectful or harmful, uh, sorry, disrespectful, sorry, uh, but I, I, I guess, it, you know, it kind of came off that way. So, but as I said, that's why I did apologize. Do I regret it? No, I don't regret it, you know, I certainly got a good laugh out of it at the time, and uh, here we are, you know, we're both going to get paid well out of it next week. Um, we probably would have been matched up regardless of whether or not I said that, but it certainly um, it helped throw some fuel on the fight for this fight, definitely. And uh, Luke had said earlier today, and I'll follow up with Luke in a second, but he had said earlier today in an interview that uh, he doesn't believe that you're a real fighter, that you, you actually enjoy fighting. Now, I don't know if you heard that comment, or I'll just kind of tell you right there, that's what he said, that you know you're, he doesn't believe you enjoy fighting and you're, you're not a real fighter. Uh, your response to that, I, uh, Damon? Damon, let's re retract that. I didn't say he's a real. I didn't say he wasn't a real fighter. I said he doesn't enjoy fighting. Enjoy fighting. Well, excuse I, me. I enjoy the process. I have a good time in there. He just seems like he's building himself up. He's very psyching himself up. He's slapping himself, and he doesn't really seem like he relaxes. And he keeps that that you know a little tense in the fight. And he never really you know like I'm. 
smiling and I really enjoy fighting when I'm actually in the cage. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really like necessarily like the build up, but when I'm in the cage and they shut that door, it's a fun time for me. It's a good time. But I just don't, I don't see it in him. I analyze fighters from, from every bit of them, from how they fight. I do my homework and I just haven't seen it in business. He seems like he'll fight to the bitter end, but I just don't think he really enjoys fighting. Okay, well, it's clearly obvious that if you've been analyzing me, you clearly don't have a psychology degree, so quit the amateur philosophy there, because, listen, I love Damon, this is who I'm talking to right now, not that gobshite. Um, I love fighting. I truly love it. That's why I do it. Nobody puts a gun to my head and makes me fight. I don't do it because I have to do it for the money or anything like that. I truly love doing this. I've done it since I was eight years old. Eight years old, I first walked into a jiu-jitsu gym, and at the end of it, we put the gloves on, and we started boxing, and that's what really set my imagination on fire and kept me walking into the gym every single time. And that's why I always turn up in great shape for my fights, because I love to spar. Sparring is my favorite part of it, you know, and, and I'm, I never shy away from any challenges. I love fighting. It, I feel alive when I do it. Uh, it puts a smile on my face. And, and I was put on this planet to be a fighter. So, um, you know, the, the guy's clutching at straws at best with that comment. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, well, Weidman's fought, you know, he's, he's had a couple fights in pretty close proximity, not too bad. But, um, uh, you know, it's a small delay in the big scheme of things. And, uh, you know, a lot of champions have been out a lot longer. So, uh, you know, it's, you know, someone needs to separate themselves as an elite contender, you know, number one contender. And that, that's all it's doing really is giving more time to, for one of us to separate themselves. And that's, that's what I want to do. That's what, that's what I'm, I'm here to do. You know, ultimately, that's the way the sport goes. You know, it, it, it's an unforgiving sport inside the octagon and outside of the octagon, and injuries are common. Um, you know, as Luke said, it wasn't a massive setback. You know, it's going to delay it by a few months, yes, but in the grand scheme of things, it isn't really going to matter. Vito is the number one contender. Um, you know, what were my feelings when it got put back? My feelings were this. Uh, my feelings were that that is a huge, um, it's of a huge uh, benefit for Chris Weidman, simply because Vito was on testosterone replacement therapy for a long time, and that does take an impact on your body and the amount of muscle mass that you carry. And the longer you were off the, um, the, the, the extra testosterone that you were prescribed to say by a doctor, that she, we shall say, um, of course, the, the, the longer you're off it, the, the, the more physical changes your body will make. So I think there's going to be, I'm not sure when Vito's last fire was, but we could be talking over a year where he hasn't been on, you know, uh, the, 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 prescri the prescriptions that he was on before. So uh, I think the longer it goes until that fire happens, the more benefit Chris Wyman has. Vito's going to be weaker, slower, not as strong, things like that. So um, that was my initial thought. Yeah, 100%. I think that once he steps in there with me, he'll realize that it's not as easy as what he's forecasting it to be. Um, you know, and this is mixed martial arts. It's not a kickboxing or a boxing match. So there's other facets to the game, of course. And uh, I think he will. I think he'll shoot. I think he's looking at my Tim Kennedy loss and how he was able to take me down and hold me there. I think he's underestimating my wrestling and my takedown defense. And he thinks he can expose an apparent weakness there. Um, 
um, of course, um, I will prove otherwise on the night. Um, you know, as I said, when the fight starts, he'll understand. He'll, he'll realize that he's in. You know, that, that, that this end of walking the park that he thinks it's going to be. And then when it doesn't go his way on the feet, I think he'll shoot for a takedown. The difference between me and Michael, our fighting skills, is the same difference between our beards. I'm just more of a man than him. Insight for you there. He can grow slightly better facial hair, so therefore he's a bigger man and he's going to win the fight. Good, good on you, Luke. Well done. You got more pubes on your face. I'm gonna, I'm gonna outstrike him. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Oh, here we go. An actual intelligent answer. Go ahead. Go ahead. The, the floor is yours. Ah, I love it. The thing is, the thing is, when me and Michael were sparring, he was the one shooting. He was the one trying to wrestle. And I, was, I wasn't even standing southpaw. I, was, I switched my stance. There we go with the excuse um, again. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm actually, I'm very confident on my feet. Michael's good. I, I can't take away. He's, he's good. He's, he's technical. He's got good footwork. He's got a lot of movement. That's, I think that's the thing. He throws off a lot of people. He's, uh, he's always moving and moving his arms, his feet. He's, he's constantly circling away from the power. He, he, he knows what he's doing on the feet. He's good. Um, he's about to realize I'm on another level right now. Uh, you know, uh, he's in for a rude awakening. Uh, I've just gained so much more in, in every area. You know, the, the, my last couple of fights, you haven't even really seen what I've done with the Philippu fight, you know, good striker. I showed a couple of things, but you know, my boxing game has evolved so much more than, than what you saw there. And, uh, my kickboxing, I really feel my power and, uh, I'm not really shy to get my game plan away. I'm going to lay some heavy kicks on him and he's going to wake up from those and he's going to realize you know, there's a there's a big difference between me and him, and uh, he's, he's going to be in for a rude awakening. There you have it. Uh, Michael Bisping winning the War of Words with Luke Rockhold, I believe. Um, that's going to be a fun fight in the middleweight division. Whoever comes out on top there should be very, very close to the top of uh, of everything, you know? So... Big, big, big props to those two guys, and hopefully they come out swinging and keep this fight on the feet, standing and banging. I, I'll be very excited to see that. It is live on Fight Pass next Friday night in North America, UFC Fight Night 55. With that, I'd like to thank my sponsor, Onnit. Head on over to onnit.com and get yourself 10% off your entire supplement purchase with the coupon code MMASUCKA. That's M-M-A-S-U-C-K-A. If you didn't know that... Why are you listening to the show? You know this is Sucker Radio. Um, I'd like to thank Corbel 3D. These guys hooked me up with a, a miniature version of myself, a little figurine. They are based in Vancouver. They are the first in Canada to do this three, crazy 3D printing. And uh, yeah, it's <laughs> this stuff is crazy. So check them out at mini-me.com. You can use the coupon code MMA15. To earn yourself 15% off a figurine scan and purchase, head on over to their website, book an appointment, and get 15% off your purchase. Make sure you follow MMA Sucka on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash MMA Sucka. On Twitter, at MMA Sucka. You can catch myself, Jeremy Brand, on Twitter, at Jeremy Brand 604 With that, I'm out.